This podcast mixtape is presented by Basic Space, Future Commerce for Generation X. For more on Basic Space, please visit basic.space or download the app on your iPhone. You're listening to Own the Future. I'm your host, Jesse Lee. On this episode, I sat down with Craig Robbins, CEO of DACRA, developer of the Miami Design District. We started our conversation by addressing the impact of COVID and what the future of retail looks like. The pandemic impact on retail has sort of two components. The first is that it's a little bit like an economic downturn, and there's an element of that. But the real, I think, important thing is that it's just accelerating what would have happened anyway. When you all of a sudden are disrupted and your routine is no longer the same, you learn that some of the things in your routine you don't really need to do or want to do anymore. And there are some things about your routine you love. And so it gives you the chance to reevaluate. And I think that's what's happening. And really, I think that the, the future of retail is a combination of bricks and mortar and, of course, e-commerce. And I think the mistake that people make is they're always thinking it's one or the other. And that's not really as effective. If you look at the collaboration that we just did, where Basic Space launched Virgil's new project with Vitra, you know, having that physical presence, having something that is real, that can even be photographed, that people could go into, and combining it with a digital platform, it really creates a moment and an experience. A better example is Warby Parker. And I use this one all the time because this is a question that I'm regularly asked. Warby Parker was all direct to consumer. Then they started opening stores. And what they found was that when they opened stores, not only were they profitable, but their digital sales increased. And think about it. That meant that they were no longer as beholden to Google and Facebook. Because if you're a digital platform, you really can't market without channeling into Google or Facebook. But if you're getting the marketing benefit that augments the digital sales by having a physical presence, then that is ideal. Pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, I would imagine 50% of Warby sales are going to be in retail. And then the, the other example that I've been using a lot was an experience I had. I wanted to get some bike gear and Rafa is like the best bike wear company. So logged on, ordered online and bought this stuff from Rafa and I really liked it. Then a Rafa store opened in the design district and I walked in and I got to speak to the, the sales manager one time. I realized I was ordering the wrong size of the bibs I was getting the wrong weight of the jerseys. That short interaction enabled me to understand the product better and become an even better and more loyal customer. It doesn't mean that if I need something quickly, I won't hop back online and order it. And so I think that that physical presence remains important. You won't need to have as many retail locations because the distribution function of retail is no longer the only way that it can be done products can be distributed digitally. And therefore, the role of the bricks and mortar transforms to a role of physical presence, physical interaction, and adding to the overall experience. It's not merely for distribution anymore. 
One other thing I'll throw in, and I'm sure you'll have a comment on both of these. You said something interesting that I actually talk about a lot internally, the whole Google Facebook thing. I won't name brands that we've worked with, but we've had people go, hey, how much are we allocating towards quote unquote digital marketing? People have asked me about basic space. What are you doing for SEO? And then what are you doing for social? First of all, we already know how this all works, which is the only way to make SEO work is just by paying Google, right? So you have to spend all this money and hope that you go top, top of the search results. And same thing with Facebook, which owns Instagram. So the only way you're going to be seen for a startup is by spending an insane amount of money to boost and do paid content to get to be seen in the algorithm, right? So like the idea of giving money away to Facebook and Google to then hope that they come back to you to buy seems asinine. I mean, it's like you'd rather, I would rather, right, if I were any brand starting out right now, luxury or not, spend that money towards a physical space, create the experience, and then you create content from that, which then becomes your weapon or your tool to spread the messaging. And then you can still purchase online. And ultimately, it's going to be a combination. See, it's not one or the other. Take the the pop-up that we just did with Louis Vuitton. Well, of course, they're getting an enormous amount of sales from that pop-up. But the amount of coverage of free social media of all kinds of other coverage it's getting and the word of mouth and the way that that is penetrating the globe is unbelievable. So these physical manifestations really lead to what you were saying. And that is a lot of additional marketing that then isn't in the normal channel. And of course, we all know like if influencers and, you know, an influencer could be someone with a thousand followers or with 100 million followers, doesn't matter. If they're, if they're posting it, then their followers see it. And so what are they going to post? They're going to post something that's interesting, exciting. By definition, it's got to be physical. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, like, what are they doing? You know, making a, a, a fake scene and posting? I guess they could do that too. We used to have a saying, like, although possible, it's like, you know, most people aren't going to take selfies at home. They want to be in a, right, an exotic destination or a cool restaurant or Coachella, whatever it is, right? So people, you know, knock on wood as the COVID things hopefully gets resolved or subsides next year, there definitely, there's definitely going to be another huge wave of then experiences and, and everything IRL. Speaking of which, what are you planning even in the short run? Um, because you mentioned to me when I saw you last week, rents or, you know, tenants wanting to come in are at the highest of levels in spite of all everything going on. Why do you think that is? First of all, I don't know if it's sustainable. I think this is not a moment to be cocky or arrogant about anything. But Miami seems to have certain benefits. First of all, the design district is an open-air environment. And it also is an environment that very much is the kind of environment that I think will make retail viable in the future. As people are breaking their routines and reevaluating, it's actually pushing it to be more desirable because all of a sudden they're being willing to let go of some of the things that maybe they were previously more accustomed to. The second thing is that right now, Florida is just generally, I think, a more open environment. I'm meaning open to interacting. What we've done is had this like solid protocols that were developed by the University of Miami Health Department that we observe but also still allowing people to interact with life and go out. And I think that we're benefiting from that because people are getting to do things 
And obviously anything you do right now, there's a level of risk. Like if you get out of your bedroom and walk, you know, down the hall or whatever, you're getting more exposed than if you stay in your bedroom. But people are wearing masks, they're distancing, capacities are being controlled. And so it's, it's actually been a better time for us than um, it was last year. And, and I think that's this combination of people are flocking to a place like Florida and Miami right now. We're this open air environment. We're a new kind of place. We're different than what they've normally experienced. And at the moment, it's working. I am not taking anything for granted, though. It's, it's a crazy time and it's a hard time. We all are experiencing it in different ways. And it's really hard for some people. I know that. On that note, I mean, I think the last question I have for you is well, multifaceted experience. So obviously retail shopping is an important component, but right there's like the food, art, gyms, like a lot of other lifestyle things. I, I know it's by design, but do you think that that's a big differentiator for how you guys have built out like sort of a quote unquote brick and mortar retail concept? And do you see that continuing on? So a couple of weeks ago, I took a trip. I, I visited one of the best malls in the United States. I'm not going to say which mall because it's not really necessary. I had this like revelation, which wasn't like me trying to promote myself or the design district, but just an experience that I had at that moment being in this mall. It seemed like old and outdated, even though it's, it's one of the best and most vibrant. And I think that that's an element here that the malls, it's not that they're going to go away, but they do need to transform. And I think that the design district is on the edge of doing that. It's an open air museum of art, architecture, and design. Every 50 feet, there's some interesting thing to do a selfie in front of, or do a photo shoot, or make a movie if you want to make a movie. It's also got this mixture of things that are all synergistic. It's very heavily reliant on culture, art, design, in different times, music, you know, because we, we do a lot of performances. Obviously, we're not doing that now. And it's this combination of things, like you mentioned, the food, the lifestyle things, the exercise, the fact that it is not a place that calls itself a shopping center. It's a neighborhood. And it really, truly is a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood that has unbelievable stores. And so everybody's aspiring to find a way to do things better. And that comes back also to what I was saying earlier. If you don't have to handle all your distribution by building retail stores, then you can focus more resources into less stores that offer much more impactful experiences. And you can make up for the stores that you're not creating with a digital platform. That's what I believe is the future of retail. The 10-episode compilation is produced by Westwood Westwood and edited by Jason Stewart.